Welcome to Lady Blurred Sing the Blues, a podcast where three beautiful, full-figured, talented Black women talk about their experiences moving through this world and sharing their knowledge to further support Black businesses and build up Black communities. I am one of your three hosts, Prowess the Testament, and I am here with beautiful, sometimes V, as well as the amazing Kylie, and we're about to give it to you. That's right. We're here for another wonderful, beautiful, fantastic, restful Sunday episode of Lady Blurred Sings the Blues. Thank you. Thank you so much for that wonderful, wonderful introduction, Prowess. Getting you geared. We're getting you geared yeah. here. Right? I love how Prowess is so put together. Like, <laughs> yeah, here. We're not polished. So <laughs> no, she's like, welcome to our beautiful, lovely podcast. Then we're like, it's not Sunday morning. We did great. We're awake. We have faces washed. Makeup is done for most of us. And we're here. Let's get into it. Sometimes I just want to be a little rugged. <laughs> you got sometimes, you know what? Yes. Sometimes be, sometimes rugged. It's like yeah. that that one meme of like Ray J in his hat where it just slowly, you know, gradually gets there where you're like, okay. I don't know how just gradually you've seen this, this, you know, the evolution, but y'all about to get that too. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh. So here, let's go ahead and start off with how our week going. Uh, actually, we'll help Paris go first. Uh, so how was your week? Um, it, it was a busy week this week, but I am encouraged by that. It will be, um, and it's the last week of, of the, of the month. So, and the grant, Grant's world, it's all of our reports are due end of the quarter. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about ending out September and welcoming its spooky season. We were just having this great conversation. I'm looking forward to let there be carnage uh, next weekend or this, well, meaning this, this uh, Friday. And um, so yeah, Venom Let There Be Carnage coming out. And I'm so excited for this. Uh, I'm so excited to see what happens for Eddie Brock and Venom this week. Yeah, I'm excited to see some uh, Tom Hardy action. Yes, mm, Tom <laughs> Hardy. Tom Hardy. Let's not forget those old MySpace photos I used to have up there. Wow. <laughs> yes, they were quite spicy. They were very spicy. He's like, I am bringing back the whitey tidy movement. <laughs> it's okay because he's cute as hell. <laughs> yes. And I'm looking forward to Naomi Harris. I love her and everything. Um, she's incredible. Uh, she is one of my favorite characters and uh, Tia Dalma in Pirates of the Caribbean films, that franchise, I love her. Just, I felt like that character portrayal did not get the full attention it deserved. It really didn't. No, she was so Maybe. awesome in that. Like, <laughs> like all these people were fawning over what's her face and I was just like, but. Mm-hmm. What the face? With that one chick. <laughs> that one chick with the accent. Hello. I love it. I actually am not really too deaf into the casting of this movie, to be honest. I just know it's Tom Hardy. <laughs> That's all that matters. That's all that matters when I'm like, ooh, Inception, ooh. Wait, and directed by Andy Serkis, which is like everybody knows from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And the Hobbits and Planet of the Apes, Caesar, and like, I mean, what has he not been in? At this Seriously, point? oh my gosh. I watched this man do a little segment and he like did some little like choice voice acting. And I was just like, you have so many people to choose from and your transitions yeah. are so smooth. What a gem, what a gift, what a voice. <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that's going to be a good movie. Uh, Venom is actually one of my favorite, favorite Spider-Man villains of the Spider-Man era oh, of yeah. Marvel. And so um, I always like had like some sort of like fondness to like that character in general, because like I know it's like a duality of like, this is an alien that took over your body and like brought yeah. this like shit, <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know? and then you have carnage but i also have like the special connection to it because i used to play spider-man on the dreamcast and so oh, yeah. and that was the two main villains was venom and carnage yeah 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 i love the um, fact that it's still like we're still talking about in this era like there's so many careers that were journalists in that era of like stanley writing these characters and it's like journalist is like the context of it has changed because there's citizen journalists now who just, you know, report from home and all of the other, how journalism has sort of changed from the days of Eddie Brock and like Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. No, they were getting into it. Like, yeah. just having like- They were true journalists, yeah. Right? I feel like nowadays, like you get paid not to report, like, shh, don't report that. We don't report that here, yeah. <laughs> fake news. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that fake news crap. Yeah, <laughs> I that. think it's also scary too, because like you can like, I mean, this how you can get hurt while you're on a, I, I'm gonna call it a mission. While you're, you can get hurt while you're on a mission <laughs> trying to get information. Um, I just actually finished Clickbait, where there was like a super hungry reporter, and like he almost got hurt a couple of times because. Yeah, he, I he haven't seen it yet. I'm watching Squid Games with my oh. friend Peter. Mm, this might transcend into my into my house of the week because yes, I just finished Squid Game and oh my god, oh my god, my mind went somewhere completely different. Please enlighten me, Squid Game, because okay, V enlighten us both because I I just heard of it. That my friend said, tentacles oh, and hentai. That's all that ran through my god. mind. I'm just letting you know right now. I'm letting you know right now. Yes. When my friend suggested it, I was trying to figure out too. I was like, See, what I'm are you saying? What you want to watch, boy? It's gonna be a spoiler alert. We need to make sure that whoever's listening, spoiler alert. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. It's not tentacle hentai. <laughs> Definitely not tentacle hentai. Definitely not whatever your generalizations over there, you pervert. <laughs> hey, you're the nerdy, I'm the dirty. It's great. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was very like, choose your fate based off of your circumstance. Okay. That's how I'm going to mm. start it off with. Sure, they introduce it to, they introduce the series like, this is a playground game that we used to play as kids. And it was very violent. It was very rugby-esque. Um, and then you're like, oh, that's cute. And then it goes slam right into, hey, this is a guy that's dangerously in debt right now and can never recover and his life is falling apart. Like, it's just like, mm. okay, cool. Sounds like this guy ruined his life by getting into some physical nonsense that he shouldn't have gotten himself into, AKA gambling. And so uh, gambling is truly a problem for an addiction. an addiction. Yeah, there's a certain type of high people get when they're gambling uh, yeah. uh, consistently. Um, but yeah, they talked about that and it kind of reminded me of this old school anime called Kaiji. Um, and Kaiji mm. was kind of based off of that where you had to play games to reduce the debt that you were in. But you, it, it wasn't just you, you were in a group of people who were trying to get basically mm. their debt forgiven or their debt, um, uh, they were trying to find ways to pay off that debt. debt. So yeah, that was the initial kind of like start of the story. Um, the way that it got so horrific after the first episode 
Did you get that far, Paris? I haven't even. We're we're watching it tonight. You're watching it today. Okay, so I'm gonna hold on there. So never mind. No spoiler alert. No spoiler. But let's just say it take the page fucking turns. There's no squids. There's no squids. Okay. There's okay. no squids. It's it's more than just like oh boo hoo some guy fucked up. It's actually it's a lot. It's a very 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 um, capturing story. Um, but yeah, that's all I'm gonna yeah. give you. Uh, do I not love a good I love South Korean film in general, which is which is kind of killing it right now. There's I mean Parasite did so well. Yeah. Oh my god. But, yeah. You know, it's always been killing it. I mean, I think back to like when they tried to remake Old Boy. Um, <laughs> I don't know what Spike Lee was thinking. That's such a failure because like you can't remake Old Boy, um, and that was always one of my favorite ones. And Memories of a Murder, like or Memories of Murder, so good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you watch it, yeah, just like definitely you're it, it goes very slow at the beginning and then after like maybe halfway through you're just like what what just happened also make sure your son is in the room because it's a lot <laughs> yeah yes. just just yes. just as a precaution i get him PG scared and tell him oh it's a conjuring on <laughs> ooh, ooh. yeah um yeah i guess if you don't mind, if we transition to how my week's going, yeah, I watched, I binge watched all of uh, Squid Game this weekend. Did it? Oh. I didn't anticipate doing that, but I did. Um, I am a little broken. Oh no! <laughs> because of how intense it was. Um, Ooh. Did that. Um, oh. But other than that, um, I also finished Clickbait, which. It's not as good. <laughs> uh, that one was just kind of like a psychological th thriller on, uh, well, maybe not really a th thriller, just a psychological drama about how people who are framed away isn't really them committing the crime. And so it was just very interesting on like the story on how they outlined this one guy to make him look like a devil after all these circumstances that may have played into that. It was a lot. Um, but I know that they took true scenarios to build that one story because um, there's a lot of catfishing, um, to say the least. Is it catfishing? When you like pretend that you're somebody else? Yeah. You're somebody okay, yeah, it's catfishing. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of catfishing. And then there was like, there was one person who was catfishing where you're just like, you tilt your head, you're like, I swear I heard a story about this. So yeah, like it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, Definitely, I feel like the catfishing show probably had some inspo with this. Um, but yeah, I oh. watched that. And um, yeah, I'm taking, you know, one step at a time. Um, I felt very fatigued this week. I'm hoping the weather gets cooler because I can't keep fighting this heat. But like, that's just me being like a big baby about it. <laughs> so. Oh. so give us some perspective. What is the weather there? Cute. Cute, cute, cute. I love, I love Californians. We're like, we're fighting the heat. Um, <laughs> it's 80 degrees. But it gets to like 90 in my room because my room is a freaking incubator. That's true. <laughs> You're, you are trying not to bake yourself alive. Yeah, I'm not trying to bake myself alive. That's the other thing. We don't have AC typically in California. Oh. Like a lot of these homes are not, okay. it's not like yeah. an auto thing. Yeah, like if you find a, a place with AC, expect to pay like two grand more in rent. Because <laughs> like yeah. that's how dirty people do people looking for housing um whereas like if you go to like 
Arizona, I feel like it's a requirement. It's a requirement. AC. You will yeah. die. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have AC, yeah. you will die. They're In laughing DC at our 80 too, with our It's pretty much like central air is not even like, you don't even put that you have it. It's just the thing. You can't exist here without central air. No way. Yeah. And I'm sure it's for you where it gets super cold. Like you have to have heating and cooling. Yes. It get, it get, it gets humid here when it gets hot. So I never try to complain for like the Phoenix folks. Yeah. It doesn't get like 116 here, but after it gets a hundred and you know, plus it doesn't matter to me. I've always said like after a hundred plus, it just doesn't matter in the heat and the humid, but the cold. Yeah with the snow and all of that. Um, but it's it's actually really mild here. It's about 79 degrees at the height, which is like really mild and kind of, like the humidity is really low right now. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah, like California, it's weird because like it doesn't get really hot when you're closer to the coast. I mean, it does mm -hmm. peak up to 100 every so often, but um, in the valley and stuff in the valley it does get pretty hot and then which that's where all the fires kind of happen is like in the valley and also socal socal gets really hot actually now that i think about they it they get really hot and then also like we just don't manage our like underbrush properly a lot of our state parks since they've cut the funding um just you know that's a large portion of what they were doing it's like people don't realize how important like state parks are and how important our rangers are and how important it is once you take a community indigenous peoples you know and remove them from a space where they were maintaining the land and then you come in and you just don't know how to properly like maintain that land like no wonder we have problems here like yeah the whole thing yeah. Well, how's your week, Kylie? My week is- Was it pretty hot? Like the weather? It was hot. It was hot, 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 No, it was good. It was, it was um, pretty chill, actually. Uh, I helped a friend celebrate their birthday. Shout out MTG Designs. Happy birthday, Momo. Um, so that was really nice. We got to watch just a bunch of fun stuff. I watched Hot, uh, was it like Hot Tub Time Machine? Time Machine Hot Tub? Oh my God. I've oh, never wow. watched it before. It's ridiculous. So fun. But, yeah, I was like, it was just funny good times. And then we watched Food Wars. Shokugeki no Soma is my You're so shit. On that. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Because like the recipes are real. Um, I like food. Mm -hmm. And the fan service in that show is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Too much, you say? <laughs> nay, nay. <laughs> Bring on those nips for that hot ramen scene. Thank you. <laughs> we got our resident pervert in yes, the house. Me. That's what we got. Hi, hello. I'm here. <laughs> that was my that was my week. Um, no, it was great. There's a I got to um, actually have some really good conversations with uh, management at work uh, in mm. terms of like trying to negotiate some days working from home. Um, and that worked out oh. for me. So Yay. I'm pretty psyched about it. And earlier this week, I did my first like actual paid gigs for massage. Yay! Ha, ha, ha. Oh, okay. $100 an hour come through, man. Hey. <laughs> so we're pretty psyched about it. We're pretty happy. Things yeah. are rolling out smooth. 
les phalanges. Yes. <laughs> phalanges, true. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm glad that you're doing the massage thing because I know that's been in ende an endeavor, yes. an endeavor, oh an God. endeavor. Oh what is God. English? <laughs> Anglais? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy for you. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. like how many clients have been like, so Kylie, I need to feel your um so far i've got three people who just like hey i know you're doing some work can i please i need three help people is a good start three people is a great start and especially yeah. since it's like um i haven't really advertised it's people that i've been uh working on before in class um one of the, one of the people is like a, a near and dear friend to me uh, we started our massage course together and she ended up having a stroke that like actually saved her life because they discovered an aneurysm like the stroke saved her okay like it's kind of wow. crazy yes huge crazy ride but um actually being able to utilize my skills to help her regain movement in her left side and like watch her flourish and like help her open up her own massage studio and just also, she's doing them as well. She um, she went back after post -show. Yeah, she was able oh, to finish, and she was like, she was kind of like my partner. We always like buddied up together whenever we had like body work sessions, um, mainly just because like we were comfortable with each other. And I had seen her outside of class and was um, like helping her um, with some of that body work outside of class. So, like nice. that's been really great, and it's it's really empowering to see your work have an effect yeah, yeah. and have a, a real life-changing effect where someone can literally come to you and say like hey i i wasn't able to like raise my arm and use my left side and have strength and like now i can have a functioning practice and make money and, mm -hmm. and have a living and not have to rely on disability and not have to just accept that you know, this is my new normal. Like, so mm -hmm. that's um, something that's been a blessing for me. Uh, and it's been helping a lot with like my own stress management, learning totally. a lot of techniques, um, learning different pressure points on like how to help other people definitely helps myself like tremendously. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, all jokes, all jokes aside about me, who wants to feel your fingers? I, I'm, I'm more than like, no, massage really does help, I feel like, with, you know, getting things loose, getting things figured out. Mm -hmm. Like, some people don't take the time to really take care of their bodies, and that's part of it. That's part of the process, I feel like. And yes. I'm guilty of it. I've never gone to a massage therapist, like, right? hey, ever. It's a stigma. Um, like, it's a stigma in our community that Black women, like, are not welcome and you know what i mean yeah um because because i don't know about you but like that was one of the first things that i had even addressed in my class was the fact that like i'm a plus-size black woman and when i go to um these spas or if i go to like a wellness center i'm not seeing anybody who looks like me and so then in the back of my mind, I'm just like, well, are they going to be comfortable working on someone who has my kind of body? Like, uh, you know, what I mean? so it's just things that run through my mind. And then I know also it's just like we have this idea that massage is a luxury that, you know, we just don't get to take part in because our lives are like so stressful and we're always like on the go, on the grind. Um, so, yeah. 
trying to do some more work yeah. in, in that space. Yeah. Thank you, Kylie, for bringing like diversity, equity, and inclusion to the massage therapy space. Like that is so important. Um, yeah. There is certainly not a lot of that here. Yeah. People. No, I, I agree. Stuff. There's always, there's always going to be some stigma the moment that we walk into the room and mm -hmm. that's just, it, that's when that happens because you're always on your defenses, right? Like yes. everyone acts like, well, why are you so like, you know, nervous for it? It's like I'm nervous because I need to make sure that I'm accepted and that my work is validated here. In right. Because um, yeah, like it's just, it's just no matter what space you're in, like, you know, Kylie has her massage space. I have my trombone space. Uh, Prowess, I'm sure you have your hip hop space, even your nonprofit space. There's always some reason why we're always like on the alert yeah. to make sure that our work is being seen as worth. And so I just, thank you. No, for real, like, thank you for like bringing attention to another space because like yes. some people think like, oh, massage, you know, but no, really like, oh, but really like women, we're still fighting the reasons why we need to find a belonging in these different spaces. Like True. we're always gonna be versatile and dynamic, yeah. always. Yes. Um, speaking of Ursula and Dynamic, let's go ahead and celebrate Miss Michaela Cole about winning an Emmy uh, for uh, May I Destroy You. Um, it was very much an emotional and um, vulnerable uh, show um, that was based on the true stories of her experiences. Um, I've, we were talking about this last time, how, or maybe not last time on the show, but like while we were doing our like planning sesh, like how I thought didn't think anything of, of like chewing gum and I didn't think that there was anything going on in the background like I thought it was just European humor when really that there was other things kind of underlying during that project that I had zero clue about um and so like Kylie you actually told me you were just like yeah oh so um I think especially like since we've done like the representation panel um I tend to like look at shows a little differently now um and especially like with UK shows, because their humor is a little more like unadulterated mm -hmm. and you can get away with so much more things over there than like, there's just things in there and themes that they deal with that you don't see in American television because we're so PC. Um, but there were things in that show that definitely made me wonder what it was like for her as an actress having to put herself in those situations. You know, there was a lot of examination on like her physical body, her blackness, um, specifically mm -hmm. like relationships between like white men and mm -hmm. her blackness. Like there was literally an episode where a man like took her to his apartment and yes. had her dress up in like African garb and like wanted her to do this whole thing. And in her mind, she was just like, is this like a one-time thing? Like. Are, are what's happening and then this dude's wife comes home and is just like that's not like traditional like african garb like that that's like my swimsuit like can you please get out of it he's always doing this like he's just fed he has a thing for taking black women and like fetishizing them and dressing them up as like some weird tribal <laughs> like african princess so like the show really goes there and there there were a lot of other scenes um like having to do with just like risky sexual situations and also like dirty sexual situations. Yeah. And just like how that like 
dirty ghetto-ness gets equated to blackness and gets equated to like, well, you should be willing to accept these standards because you're black or because you're this or because you're that. And so it was, um, there was a lot of that in chewing gum, like a lot. Yeah, it's funny on the surface, but that show is actually like real dark. <laughs> that show gets really dark. Yeah, um, yeah. And then it also deals with like religion. Uh, and so the, yeah, there were just a lot of like nuanced things in that show. So to see her growth from there to telling her story, to having to deal with Netflix and like people not wanting to run her that check and give her her royalties for her own story, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. bringing us now to this moment um, where she is not only getting the recognition, but boy, oh boy, was that speech powerful. Yes. You yeah. talk about a woman coming from a space of comedy um into a like because this woman has serious acting chops after chewing gum it was just like the gloves were off she was mm -hmm. you were talking about journalism she was talking about war genocide um experiences being a black woman coming specifically from africa to a european country and having that experience um and also having to fight the cover story right the the pcisms that we have out here where people just don't want to look at the ugly truth and they try to tell you one thing when we all know it's the other um so for her to come out and make not only um this beautiful speech around her personal experience but to also reach out and connect to other women who have survived sexual assault Mm -hmm. And to tell people like um, there was this whole thing with the Me Too movement, right, where people felt like in order really to be seen that you really did have to lay everything out, right, in order to be believed as a victim that you had to be willing to let people shuffle through your personal trauma. And she was able to stand up there as a powerful woman and mm -hmm. say, you don't owe anybody anything. Mm -hmm take the time to not be visible, take the time to, and the space to be able to say, no, like, I'm not okay with you, like, being in my story, being in my um, personal trauma, dissecting it, using it for publicity, um, using it for, for clout, you know, um, mm -hmm. she really made a public moment personal. Mm -hmm. yes. And so I really appreciate her for that. Yeah. yeah, I do appreciate the visibility um, that she is, you know, it's since the Me Too movement, I've been happy to see that movement happen because like, again, it really re revamps in our society that these are situations that are still happening to women, especially um, that we need to feel better supported when these things are happening. Cause a lot of the times there's always a water, like we're always getting water, our experiences are always watered down by those who are listening. Um, mm -hmm. Like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, that's not what it is. Like you're thinking about it too much. It's not all that serious. Like it's all a bunch of hoopla um, where it, it's, a, it's, a it's a weird gaslighting tactic to not bring drama into the situation when really it's like, no, like this, is happening to me, whether if it's real time or previously happened to me and I'm like fucked up by it. <laughs> like my experiences should not be, you know, 
dismissed because of your bias of, a, of it not happening to you or it's your homie or whatever the case may be or if you're thinking because like my personality alludes to that type of behavior which it should never have to come to that situation of assault like so what if I'm a flirt so what if I'm so what if I'm like being conservative with what I'm wearing so what if you know it's it's just the disregard that society used to give to like women especially now that like now that the me too ha movement happened everyone thinks like oh now it's happening less when really it's still happening i don't know perhaps yeah. what do you think um i feel feel everything that you both are saying and i feel like at the same time to the fact that like this award show the emmys has been so um homogenous despite them trying to like give give ever so often they give one you know emmy award away to someone and they make that sort of a a byline for the year for the season um but you know it's it's very much kind of like a space that we're not visible in as much yeah and i feel like that michaela could have used her voice in so many other ways and people get up there and it's all this pomp and circumstance around like this entire list of people they have to thank and from the producers to the directors to the writers to the to the cast to everybody and i felt like her just really using that moment to deliver such a sort of quiet but like you know really really profound um statement especially around learning how to be how not to be visible, learning how to disappear. And that tell, you know, being a storyteller, people think mm -hmm. of you being in the front face of everything, that there's always this front facing approach. And then I think she proved and added value to the fact that you don't have to be, um, tell a story and be in the front of the camera all the time. Sometimes there is that, that contrast of um, learning how to disappear and take time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now that you bring it up, I do remember her adding that little aspect of like, it's okay to be, be it's what she say. She said, you just said it. I'm so sorry. I'm like, don't, uh. don't be afraid to disappear from it. Yeah, um, don't, in, don't in terms of success, that people somehow were equating visibility, visibility with success. With success, and I love that because it's like, yes, just because you are making the the loudest noise, right, does not mean that you are actually um, potentially having the greatest success. Which also I think is so important um, in like the culture nowadays of like influencers. Um, right, because people yeah. are looking at social media and they're feeling like they have to put up a, you know, a front uh, to put their best mm -hmm. foot forward or that they have to live their life so publicly or that, you know, things are not, um, experiences are not real unless you're like letting the world know, which yeah. I think is also a big portion of kind of like victimhood right mm -hmm. if you have something that happens to you and and like you a lot of the shame comes from like not wanting it, it to be public and it's just like right. hey not all of your experiences have to be public it's not for everyone to consume it's fine yeah. it's okay to disappear take that time work on yourself and come back stronger and better than ever mm -hmm. if you so choose like exactly. so yeah kudos 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 to her yeah, no, absolutely. Kudos to her. Like, it's very, 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 um, I am 
very proud of her. Her, mm -hmm. you know, and she doesn't have to be vulnerable with us, but she, you know, to have the strength to be that vulnerable, I, I applaud her for sure. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and move along. Let's talk about nerdy and dirty and getting our mind right. Um, Kyla, uh, Kylie, Kayla, 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 Kayla. Oh where did that come from? <laughs> All right. It's Michaela Kylie. It's Michaela Kylie time. It's Michaela Kylie time. Let's go. Let's go. So nerdy and dirty. This segment, we're actually going to be a little more on the nerdy side. So since we've just had more um, just like serious topics and you talking about our weeks and what it's like just moving through this world, um, it can be very stressful. So I just wanted to take some time to talk about stress and like what happens in your body when people are saying like they're feeling stressed, they're feeling fatigued. Um, yeah. that like fight or flight response when you're put into a situation that just doesn't feel right. Sometimes people think that it has to be um, like a physical response. You know, you were walking across the street and a car almost hit you and now you have like this jump of adrenaline. Um, but it also comes in subtler, more emotional ways as well. It's, it's that email that came across to your desk that didn't sit quite right with you, you know? It's mm -hmm. that that group meeting that you're sitting in where your ideas are just not being heard, or it's the fact that you put up certain boundaries and it just seems like nobody respects them, right? And so every time these things happen to you, these are energetic um, interactions that you're having, it's still triggering this fight or flight response and your body still has to do something with that stress. So I just wanted to talk about um, some of the things that we can do. Uh, like I think about work just because that's a lot of where my stress comes from. It's just yeah. work, time management, mm -hmm. um, being able to like push back on things and say like, hey, no, like this work does not belong to me. You need to take that back. <laughs> um, I am so guilty of overworking, taking my work home with me, um, working outside of office hours, just mm -hmm. feeling the need to have things done perfectly so that when they do come around and ask me, I am on my shit, I have to be, I constantly like will feel like I have to be doing the best, the most all the time. Because even though like they can tell you you have job security all day, right? But I've seen how things have worked with other coworkers in the past. And it's yeah. just like, I'm also in a point where I just, I can't take a risk of like not having mm -hmm. a paying position. And so that is a lot of stress and it's self-induced, right? Cause somebody else could look at that situation and be like, girl, you are stressing yourself out for nothing. Like, don't worry about it. But the reality is like, we could say that to her <laughs> red in the face, but how we actually manage that um, anxiety yeah. and that stress is a whole nother thing. Yeah, that's fair. Mm -hmm. I feel that 100 where I feel like I've been called out at work so many times, not my current position, but like the, the number, the ratio of where I've been on top of it and been resourceful and been like available for those who need help or assistance or need mm -hmm. that boost or objective done in that project 
versus the, the very slim chance where I'm not ready to answer a question is, has been the most like resonating thing. And what I mean by that is the moment I say I'm not ready to do something is the moment that it's like on my record all of a sudden where yeah. it's like, but can you take record of maybe the five tasks prior that I've been ready and go ready, set, go for and now you're asking me about this thing that you asked me to do minutes ago. And now I'm suddenly incompetent or perceived as incompetent, or you'll find a reason to relabel my ethic. And that will, that will definitely mess with my mental health because it's like with jobs, you need that ripples into your daily needs from grocery shopping to sustaining the roof over your head to yes. making sure your bills are all taken care of like your car, which you'll need to get to your job, your phone, which you need to have on you. So that way people call you, you're ready, set there for them. So that way there isn't any weird relabeling of things that are out of your control that are affected by your job. It's like being an employee, being an employee in a sense, it's unfair <laughs> because of how like we try to do our best. And the moment that we're passionate about those positions, like is also the moment that that any funk that happens in the water, like it really, no. people of color get targeted first versus your counterparts. Yes. Like that's just no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, and so, yeah, like that, that weighs on my mental health very heavy, hasn't before in the past. Um, not so much now, like luckily I found ways to better cope with certain things, but also I learned that if I'm in an environment that's not great, I'm going to work my ass off to find a new environment that will suit me better. Like, you know, yeah. and that's just the tea with it. It's like, yeah, I understand that some people, there's this like, there's this thing in the workforce where it seems like a no not a novelty, but like people set a tradition, like once you get the job, you have to be stay committed there for years and years and years and years. And I'm like, nope, that's not the case with me. Nope. That's not what's going to happen. If the moment I smell some funk, and that funk is getting a little too funky, I'm mm -hmm. out. Like, I'm going to find yeah. another place that will suit me better. And that's what I advise for everybody to do. But I mean, not to steer too much away from the mental health. No, that is that is like number one, like yeah. reclaiming your space, your time, how accessible uh -huh. your work life is versus your yeah. personal life. Um, so yeah, number one, boundaries. Don't take your work home with you. Kylie. <laughs> yeah, Miss Too Smart. I hear you doing that shit. Ah, uh, no, I do it all the time. I scream at her for it too. I'm like, girl, get out of that office. We gotta remind each other. That is a number one violation. I do feel like we we do we bring that additional stress. Now you're you've you know created this environment in your home that only you know helps to uplift all the pain and trauma we've experienced at work it's so hard um yeah i've learned that as a mom too is just sort of like there is a point when you know i have to learn to play certain hats throughout the day but the one hat i do have to play all day whether or not i'm at work or not is that i'm a mom and it kind of is like no matter what that means that means that i have to also prioritize my self-care in a way that I have not really had to do before being a mom where, you know, I could take a day off because there's no such thing as a day off, right? There's like, I don't get the chance to sleep in 
or, you know, I'm not feeling well, I have to get up and make dinner for somebody. I have to like still give a bath and bedtime and homework. And like, you know, there's never an off. So for me, there has to be self-imposed offs. You know, there has to be a time and boundaries, even with my child to be able to say this time at this moment, this is my time and teaching him that there's also his time, right? Like, so I feel like, yeah, we, we, those boundaries are so important, especially with learning to turn off because it's hard. So I'm like, there's moments when I have to turn off not being a mom. <laughs> at, at some point in time in my day. And I'm like, I have to find a way to cap that, right? Like how, what do you, what do you both do in terms of how do you cap note your day, considering that we're all in a virtual world and that, you know, you're, you sign off, but are you ever really signed off? Because you get buzzes on your phone, you're, you know, you're constantly checking in, checking email, and then you're virtual. So you're always on. What do you do to put an end stop to your day? So is okay if I can. Yeah, go. Yeah. Go for it. Um, so a couple things that I've done and I will no matter what space I'm in, I will find I will find a room or out an outside to get away from it for like during why whether it's through my lunch break mm-hmm. or if I have like a pocket in time during my my like normal breaks, mm-hmm. like I will go outside. Um, most of the time I try not to bring my phone with me. Um, even though my phone I found has been very, um, there's a lot of traffic between people texting me, people sending me stuff on messenger, people being like, Hey, can you let me, can you like interview me for my show or all this stuff? And don't get me wrong. I want to interview everybody for their shows. That's not, that's not <laughs> the problem. The, the, the thing is that they don't understand that they don't realize because it's not their business to realize this is that. I get so much traffic on my phone that I'm like trying my best to figure out the balance of when to respond. Um, so, but going back to what I do is like, I will make sure throughout my day, I find a thing to, to get away from the screen because the screen yeah, yeah. is very, um, we're like, we're like, we're like moths now. We're like human moths. We're yeah. like, the screen is there and we go to it because that's what we've been trained to do as kids um and to being an adult all the cool things happen on screen from tv to video games so that's one thing i do i do also try to i'm getting better at it but i find a morning ritual too where my morning ritual are like the main key my the main three things before all the obvious make my bed do some yoga and like walk or just walk like go outside and like look outside real quick and so those are the mm-hmm. things that just helps me get up instead of just like rolling out of bed rolling into some like formal passing shirt and like yeah. you know <laughs> go, going onto the screen no I have to make sure that I've been moving around for like an hour and a half before I actually start doing what I'm supposed to be doing um because with that yoga really helps with like you know moving organs around you know, mm-hmm. um, making sure that you're stretching out all the muscles that you've had, like kind of in one spot while you're sleeping. Yes. Um, and then like the lady, <laughs> the lady I listen to has a really good voice. And so like how she talks about the positions, like it's gotten to the point where I don't have to watch her anymore. I can just press play and like flip my phone over and just listen to her and tell me what position I'm doing next mm-hmm. um, or what pose I'm doing next. And then that way I just, I'm really focusing and staying in tune with my body instead of following what's on the screen. 
Um, but then after that, it's like the obvious things like drink, drinking water, taking a shower, doing all the things I need to do to get ready. And then, and then I try to dive into it. If I don't do any of those things beforehand, I find myself feeling like 10% more stressed because I didn't yeah. take that self-care and I didn't take the proper care for myself. If I don't take the time in the middle of the day to do the same thing, I feel like really stressed by the end of the night. And I also find myself doing more work past the hours because I find myself like not dozing off, but getting distracted in the middle of a project instead of focusing in. So those are just some things I'm going to do. Some things I do aspire to do down the line though is Saturdays are like my day to not look at any phone, any communication channel. Like I really want Saturdays to be the day where I don't, that I am like detached from my phone. Like I don't care if I'm still playing video games or whatever, but the, the having the phone there where someone is trying to talk to me and I don't have the capacity to meaningfully do that. I, mm-hmm. I have to give my, I'm trying to find one day of the week to just not give that attention. So that way I feel when I come back, I can have better meaningful conversations with whoever is trying to reach out. So yeah, that's where, that's what I've been trying to do. Yeah. So I just, I love it. Cause um, I've read a few different I'm articles and they all pretty much say, you know, like the, the same things, get enough sleep, you know, move your body physically, you know, take time to get away from your screen. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you're already doing all the things. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm so analog. I really love like sitting in a dark corner and reading a book for hours or mm-hmm. like going out in nature somewhere and also then picking my book and reading a book for hours. Or um, I recently gotten back to drawing I used to be really into like sketching and painting was something I used to do with my grandpa we would go to like the tide pools and sketch boats and whatnot um so that has been something that I am making more time to do now I think that's also like a sign of like growing up and maturity is like you recognize that there are priorities in your life Mm -hmm. and sometimes you just need to take the like the time and space to look at everything that is in your like daily minutia and like trim the fat and really look and see how you can actually be living more purposefully and not so reactionary. I think that actually puts me in a mind space um, to feel more supported and to feel more comfortable um, in establishing my own boundaries where I can actually, you know, be like, hey, nope, this is this is how I function. I function this way regularly. So people already know what to expect. Like it just makes things a lot easier. Um, the yoga stretching throughout the day, that is super important. That's one thing that's a good habit I picked up from like massage school too, which is like before you can even like think about working on a client, you have to make sure that your body and your mental space is correct. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just be bringing your outdoor stress daily look to a session where you're yeah. supposed to be <laughs> trying to help somebody <laughs> uh, get over like an injury or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is that they've got going on in their lives. Um, so like, I think that's what makes someone professional, right? Is that yeah. you are able to separate your work life from your home life. Um, so that like work-life, home-life balance 
is something that I'm working on. Um, but yeah, music, yes. music and books and food and just like taking the time to actually have fun as well. You know what I mean? Like yes. we're at work, we're not even working for ourselves. Nope. You're working for someone else and yes. at the end of the day, they don't care if you're happy when you go home. They don't care if you're sleeping well. You know, they don't really care about your health until it becomes costly for them. Well, disclaimer, to be clear, my current job does care. Your current job does care. <laughs> I got lucky. They care. You got they lucky. Care. <laughs> Like, how many I don't need anybody to listen into this being like she hates us. She yeah. hates us. No, no. <laughs> I, that, I have been lucky to work in some spaces where, um, sure, I felt like immediate support, but for the majority of um, my working experience, it has not been that. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I've been, you're a cog, you're replaceable. It will take a lot to replace you because you're excellent, darling. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, it, it is a position. And if you have a certain skill set, anyone can fill this position and do that job. Um, so, yeah, I, I am encouraging people to actually figure out the things that they are strong at and, like, only give so much of your time to a corporation before you boss up and do it yourself. Like, do your yes. own thing. Absolutely. Black people. <laughs> All the people. <laughs> but black people, come on. You have what's power. your take, girl? Yeah, what's, what's your what are your stressors? You're stressing. You know what? I'm I'm going to just come right out and say it because it's a nerdy and dirty segment. And if I didn't, I mean, I feel like black women invest in a vibrator. I don't even care if you are having regular eyes rolling to the back of your head, sex. There's nothing wrong with investing in solo experiences. So please, I mean, you know, safety first and making sure that you have um, all of the proper cleaning, cleaning measures and that you also have a, perhaps a quiet mode if you have roommates or um, you want to keep your hobbies on the DL, right? But at the same time, please pleasure thyself. Keep a pleasure. Pleasure thyself. Yes. Come on, self-care, self-love. <laughs> it's true. You don't always need a partner to do it. Yes. You absolutely don't. And it doesn't make you any less of a woman. If anything, no. you get that serotonin boost. Your skin yes. is looking all glowy and beautiful. Ah, yes. Wow. Absolutely. A good uh, orgasm. It will do wonders for you. <laughs> and no, I call it, therapist, right? It's, it's half therapist. It's like my clitoral therapist or whatever. <laughs> love it yes my clitoral therapist did you see the therapist today Claire. black women don't see therapists enough if, if my therapist was my clitoris mm. the click clit. the click clit. yes so yeah that's the problem right we need to more be able to say right the, the same way we talked about last week i think it was the fact that we are not sharing enough of those like financial wellness and financial literacy tips with each other like should be asking like when is you know sexual repertoire um kind of things about like yeah when is the last time you had some toe curling you know oh actions and you need to be making sure you're having them so if you cannot have that with the partner or you know even if you are having it with the partner still 
Yes. Make sure you, know, you do that. Next week's topic is going to be. <laughs> Make sure he eats you out. Oh <laughs> Make sure they eat you out. Yes, thank you. That is a requirement. Human touch and sensation. You got to have all those stimulations to happen. Like that is an important part of life, right? So. I yeah. immediately oh, no, feel distressed just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I think it's important. Like there's, I'm, I'm glad we're culturally, culturally, culturally shifting into yes. a, that sexual wellness is, is wellness and mm -hmm. also knowing how to be pleasured and also knowing how you receive pleasure is it's yes. really important where before it was like, oh, we would never talk about that. It's Sunday. It's the day of the Lord. You know, <laughs> our Lord and Savior. Like, no, we like, no, I think it's let's let's move beyond this. Like we all know the how the Lord wants you to have pleasure. Yeah. Yes. On yeah. the Lord's day. On the Lord's day. This is the only work you should be putting in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so important that we also have that education too, because without education, that's when recklessness happens, you know? Yes. We yep. can have educated recklessness, but we can't be having like ignorant recklessness because then that turns yeah. into regret and like, that's not what we want. So And stigma too. And stigma. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, that's one thing I think that we don't recognize enough is just the fact that women are sexual beings as well. This idea that like, oh, the responsibility is on a woman to say no. Like what, why, no. what? why? Um, you want me to just constantly be denying myself, like denying myself pleasure. My whole job is to deny you pleasure and to deny myself pleasure. And somehow the amount of times that I've been able to deny myself pleasure correlates to my self-worth. Crazy. Nuts. Yeah. Bonkers. Nuts. Don't like it. You said nuts. Nuts. <laughs> Did you say nuts? Nuts. <laughs> nuts. <laughs> Oh my All god. Right. You know what's nuts? What is nuts? This is just nerdy segment. Yes. What's nuts <laughs> is that there is going to be another live action Mario movie. Another, another. Uh, uh, keyword another. Another I one. Another. another because well, first of all, I am a critical, critical video game critical person. Critical. I'm not gonna say critical. a critic. Because Cri critics <laughs> have credit. I'm just an amateur podcast person who is upset by this Mario movie. Thick burns. Thick burns from sometimes V. Uh, what, I really, what, what, what's the problem, V? What you, what's wrong? I thought, you know, we all, as a collective, at, at the age of 1993, <laughs> as a collective, that we agreed that the 1993 version of the Super Mario movie was it we didn't need yeah. to do this again we didn't we did not need to do this again revisit mm -hmm. the story nope these characters are nonverbal characters that make noises when they are happy noises when they are sad and noises when they're excited and noises when they are defeated and that is okay we don't need dialogue we just need mario to go fight after that dinosaur bastard named bowser who keeps stealing that blonde <laughs> bitch in his castle you don't want to know about his tragic plumbing backstory what's wrong with you we all know he's on shrimps it's fine <laughs> <laughs> He is on some freaking psychedelics. We all know it. I mean, there's so many colorful things, but introspection. Mold that screams at you. Mold that screams at you. Stress hey, relief. What? <laughs> like, tone. Oh, with an attitude. No. Oh, my God. So, 
there is a new for those who are listening into being context there is a new mario movie that is in the works uh the voice actors include but not limited to chris pratt who we all as a collective are just like chris bratt whatever um and then there is uh jack black who is gonna be bowser and i'm actually curious Mm -hmm. because Listen, I really did like Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik in the Sonic. Me too. Yes. So I might accidentally fall in love with Jack Black being Bowser. I love Jack Black. Even though I'm like critical of what this movie might come to be. Yeah. I might like Jack Black as Bowser. I think so. I'm looking much like more forward to him in that role than I am. Chris Pratt, <laughs> um, <laughs> just like, and, and Seth Rogen too. I'm kind of looking forward to the magic that the both of them. Oh, that's right. Seth for. Rogen's in this. Yeah. I forgot. I think yeah, he's that's... Donkey Kong. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I and, mean, and, is he and getting and cool Keegan, 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 Donkey Kong rap? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god like, i'm always skeptical um when they do live action anything for something that is like so heavily animated yeah so special i cannot with you <laughs> and peach you know we, we just talked about the emmys but um anya taylor joy who was in queen's gambit um she was del- she was delightful in it but i don't know that kind of quirky kind of thing fit her so I, but i don't know about her playing peach i gotta say i'm a little I, like mm. i was hoping for like an anna ferris like that girl been from good. scary movie yeah. like I like that would have been a really good peach i think she would have been a really really good peach i would i just want her to be like cindy again i just need her to be cindy <laughs> in another vessel I need her to be cindy wow <laughs> Cindy was great. Cindy was like yeah. a perfect vapid mix yeah. of like sincerity. Like it probably is in the divorce decree or something. They won't cast them ever. I forgot they were married. I yeah. forgot. I forgot. For eight years. They were married for, for a pretty sizable amount of time. But I mean, I th- you're, she would have been perfect as Peach. I think I don't know. I just, for maybe people who haven't seen Queen's Gambit, you you know, you guys have to look at this and then tell us because I know she was, like I said, delight in that, but that fit for like, you know, Grandmaster, but like, it, I just don't see it as being She like, was a little psycho kooky. Yes, that's what it is. Yes. Sexy psycho kooky. She played that role perfectly. It was almost like she kind of, and, and for those who watch like, Peaky Blunders or um, Peaky Blinders. I'm, I don't watch the series other than for, uh, I would only watch it for Killian Murphy because I just, hmm. I mean, who couldn't love Killian Murphy in those eyes? But <laughs> I don't watch her. I don't watch the, the show. But if I did, it would only be for him. So she would be an afterthought for me. I'm, Kylie, do you watch that at all? I've seen a few episodes. I haven't really gotten into it, into it. I think most of the times I was starting it, it was just like, oh, real life is too stressful for me to watch a sad, dark show right now. So that's kind of like how I navigate which shows I'm going to be watching. Yeah. So So that's why I'm like, "Mm, Mario 
musical cast kind of not i was i can't think of what role um is it key i always get his name mixed up is it michael keegan key or keegan michael key you know from it's, uh, uh, keegan, keegan michael key keegan yeah michael okay yeah. He's I in just... it, and i'm i think he's gonna be funny like him and seth rogan jack black and like fred armison as like the the toads and, and the kongs i think that's gonna be kind of funny yeah, to me, I just feel like this is like a high budgeted, like Mario Brothers abridged. Like, <laughs> like it's not going to be like in canon with the main story. Yeah. It's just going to be yeah. them. Like, it's just a bunch of all star actors just like acting out these characters, like like yeah. a YouTube video, kind of like a YouTube video. Like, that's my anticipation. Like, it's going to be a high budget, what could have been low budget. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think honestly, maybe a big portion of that budget is just to get these names on this movie. Just those I think, names, I think just that's those cameos. Yeah. Yes. My kid but, even said today, my my kid talked to and and Mark Cooper can attest to this. My kid was talking to Mark Cooper earlier. They call each other sometimes. And my son said Mario. And he said, you know. They, I'm so upset that Charles Martinet is not in this. And then, so I learned that they're supposed to be maybe an appearance as a cameo, but uh, That would yeah. be great to have some cameos from the original. I would, right? I would dig that, yeah. to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like if you got John Luguizamo, is that how you say that? Yeah, I love him. Like, see, that, that would be, that would work. Yes, that's what we need. Yeah, like I, I would, I would love to hear his voice just to be like, yeah. okay, just even if it's like a quick character, kind of like a, you know how Stanley kind of sneaks yes. into the Marvel like, movies. Like oh, it would be great if he would yes. do that. Same thing with Bob Hoskins. Like that would be great too. That would be cute. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I just, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still just like, it's kind of like when to me, just because like I, you know, playing Mario Party with the family since like. 1990 whatever like mm -hmm. i'm just like we don't need to do this like yeah. i would have been i would have taken more i would have taken probably more like interest if they would have done like an overdub in like mario party where i had the option to to yeah. like decide which dubbing i wanted whether if i wanted dialogue to be like recited or if i just wanted to hear the original voices like that would be cool but maybe not a whole ass movie it's kind of like the emoji movie why do we need an emoji movie i don't know but now i can't get the idea of a uh, megan the stallion as bowser out of my head i feel like that would just be great like hello so and also would peaches ever leave i feel like she wouldn't megan the stallion it would change bowser. the whole movie like that would be smart they would be where i could just see it now like <laughs> That woman as Bowsette is perfect. Bowsette. Yeah. Bowsette. Yeah. And because we love Lizzo, that. she could be Peaches. Yes, we need that. I'm like, listen. Let's just have us recast the whole damn thing. Like, just <laughs> recast the whole damn thing. Okay, if we were going to have Mario, let's not even start there. We need some Wario. We need some Wario in Ooh, here. Oh, Wario. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I need a drag Wario, though. Like, oh. I don't need, I don't need Ooh. a man Wario. I need a drag Mar Wario. Ooh, mm. Who would we get to be a drag Wario? Oh. Monet Exchange. Ooh. Monet Change. Wait, I, I'm saying that their name wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> Monet. Monet. Ah, I need to look it up before I, like, get, get. 
<laughs> before you get dragged from, from drag race i don't remember exchange oh well, yeah that's monet exchange monet exchange yeah. okay i did say that right like they would be i would be i would i would rock with that yeah i was like the drag queen just because i love him so much <laughs> yeah yeah peach yeah. would definitely be would definitely be lizzo yeah i can Ooh. see it i can see it. <laughs> Lizzo would never get out of that castle, though. She no! <laughs> She'd be like, excuse me, who is Bowser? <laughs> Megan? It's <laughs> funny. Right. <laughs> right. Cakes. Um, we would need a war, like a, a Waluigi. You know who is actually the best Waluigi, even though they're not a celebrity, like they're not like an A-list or B-list celebrity? It would be Anya Braddock. Because she went, I think she went to Dragon Con cosplaying as Waluigi and just cheeks out. Oh, okay. okay. It was amazing. That's cheeks what we need. out Waluigi. Okay, so now that we got that under control, like, so there's that. We need, we need a Daisy. Oh, Daisy. Hmm. I feel like this is like fantasy football. Like, who would we have? Can we get like ah! a Lisa Thompson or something for that. So like, uh, we need like a. A good strong like character with the who knows how to really add some like comedy but also is just a good strong like a tessa thompson Ooh, i like tiffany haddish lols tiffany haddish oh she would act up in that she would act up i can see ironically as like an ironic role with all these comedians would be like millie millie bobby brown oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like just being like what the fuck are you guys doing here here we uh -huh. are it's really yeah that would be good yeah. i would keep charlie day as luigi i would keep charlie day charlie day is i'm actually looking forward to yeah i'm look, kind of looking forward to him yeah i was like i wasn't mad at it when i saw it i'm like not mad at it not yeah. sure what your height is in real life, but not mad at it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, that's messed up, V. That's, that's messed up, V. Sometimes, V. Doesn't matter if he's listening to this. He's like, oh, I'm crying in my dollar bills. Like, <laughs> in my mansion. In my mansion. Woo-woo. Woo-woo-woo. Um, Can we get Jason Momoa in this somehow? <laughs> mm, somewhere he could be the castle <laughs> yes 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 i'm leaving that castle okay i'm not leaving the castle <laughs> i've come to conquer the castle Sit on, the throne. sit on the throne. <laughs> yeah, sit on the throne. All right. Yes. Okay. Oh, right. Climate Rapunzel. Shit. Shit. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what we're about. Oh my gosh. With that note, yes, I, I don't think we need to do any more uh, recasting here. Thank you for uh, listening to Lady Flirting. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. So moving along uh, with nerdy news, uh, the largest Sega arcade is has either recently closed or is in the midst of closing right now. Um, I don't really have any memories because I've never visited the Sega arcade, but like this kind of reminded me in a ripple effect of how other arcades are kind of just not, 
as popular as they were like back in the 80s and 90s and i think it's just because the accessibility of like emulators consoles that you can bring home mm-hmm. all the games that you want to play are on your computer it's just there's more access to do everything from home now instead of like going out and of course with the pandemic no one wants to be up there with a bunch of sweaty people playing on these like ping pong tables and stuff however yeah. there is still a nostalgic factor where some bars still live with like having mini arcades, like, you know, barcades where like now there's alcohol involved to have a good time. But, you know, now there isn't any like the the, the traditional sense of an arcade is not as valued as it was like 20 years ago. So I guess what what I'm trying to run around here is what was your arcade experience when you were as a kid, if you visited any? um, And like, why did you, well, Let's just say with that, like, what was your arcade experience as a kid, just in honor of talking about the Sega arcade in general? So, Paris. I feel like, so my, my kind of, there was a, a twofold to that, because there was, in short, there was a, like, the mall you went, and where kids could go to hang in the mall, you couldn't, like, my era, it was all about, like, I live very, my high school was very close to the mall, so people would, even though we did not have off-campus lunch we had on-campus lunch because the class before us had ruined that but the idea of going to the mall and the arcade was where like you couldn't walk around the mall but you could go hang out in there and right everybody you know worked there um and the idea of like you know cheap food and drink and you could get free drinks and it was the idea of being able to sort of like the mechanical museum um you know you go in it's like all your favorite 80s and 90s classics it's like the blast from the past in that way um most people kind of hang out with like trying to um beat each other's score high score on something um and then for me it's like going to the beach and i feel like that's going to be my son's kind of connection in this era because we go to the beach and that's what we do it's like because the games are half outdoor and indoor in this kind of weird pandemic space we're in, it's like safe to go to like Asbury Park and get on like a, you know, a a gaming machine and to enjoy that. And then, you know, you have a card now attached to it um, usually, um, and then you're able to collect tickets. Um, It's still the gut that style where a lot of the like, Dave and Busters and those kinds of things have kind of removed, they've made it so electronic, you don't get like the tickets, everything's on that card and you have to go, and this you still get the chance to like, you get the card, you can swipe it, and you or you can put your, your coins or your dollars in and get coins and you can use that way, there's still the analog kind of spirit behind it and getting the tickets to me, seeing somebody walk around with like arms, you know, and trash bags full of tickets. Oh my God, oh my God I remember <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> to trade it like, in for like an eraser. Buster. Yes, exactly. You don't or get Lincoln. that at David Buster's or, or any of those other kind of, you've got to go to like the real authentic arcade. And for us, that the majority of those have, have been relegated to like beach, beach towns. Yeah, yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I... The bags of tickets kill me because I I used to be so jealous as a kid where I would see everyone with these big old bags and I'm like, oh my God, they're going to get the biggest stuffed animal and I want that. And then, yeah, I only had like maybe like 30 tickets and it only got me like what Kylie was saying. It's like, oh, here's, here's a, here's a bag of hot Cheetos or like, here's just like 
here's like a little bouncy ball. I'm like, that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Ruthless around these parts. Got oh, work. <laughs> work. They're like, go put in the hours, kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like my arcade experience, I didn't really have like a hands-on arcade experience um, as a kid. What I got was like through the movies. You know what I mean? So it's like you'd see all these movies like The Karate Kid or um, shows now like Stranger Things or It, uh, whereas they're giving you all this like 80s, 90s nostalgia and they're like taking you to these arcades. I was like, I never got that experience. The closest I got to that was like going to Chuck E. Cheese, (laughs) you know what I mean? For some kid's birthday, which is not the (laughs) same. Um, So like I said, I get to have these fun experiences as an adult. And sometimes V takes me to like barcades. So I get to explore and like learn games. Yep. I think uh I think the barcade that we went to was the first time that I had actually like played pin a pinball game. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. We Uh should we should do a barcade tour. We should do a barcade tour. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like that has been my experience with it is mostly like seeing the nostalgia and then just being like, oh, I want to go do that. And playing the game, seeing um, the old graphics is really kind of like a fun mm-hmm. trip because now I get to see like what things are referencing, you know, like learning the yes. source material. I find joy in that like the same way I do um, in music when I like hear a good sample and I'm just like, oh, I know they sampled this and the original like must be dope. And you go find that original song and you're like, oh God, it's better than what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of been like my arcade experience like working backwards which is really great yeah yeah that's crazy I keep forgetting that you're kind of like a a a soul that was looking from the outside in and now you're the in and I'm like that's right you're getting introduced to all this stuff that's great no I really like that because I really love the fact that like you're able to appreciate it now when you've seen it and you haven't had your hands on it yet you know so that's great because like you can you can love this stuff at any age right um yeah my nostalgic take is I almost forgot about this like I was going to talk about how I would somehow like finagle my way into the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk Arcade because Mm -hmm. like no one in the group that was in ever wanted to go in there and I'm like but I want to go in there and play DDR I want to go in there and play like the shooter games I want to finish House of the Dead at one point um and so like I I just, I just always try to find a reason to go play the video games. Cause also my uncle really got me into playing video games when we were kids. Like I remember he would be on the, like the Super Nintendo as well as actual, like the, the, the Nintendo 64 and like watching him play those games. And so every time I knew that there was video games somewhere else, I'm like, I want to play that. So, um, but I do remember like, going to Reno and going to Circus Circus and seeing like the mega video games and the mega games that you can play like beyond like the carnival games that you would like sit there and get tickets for Mm -hmm. um but yeah I remember like getting into those and like wanting to do all like the like the body oriented games where like you're either sitting and driving in a car or you're like you know stomping on the ground because you're trying to get some arrows like yeah I think (laughs) I think that was kind of like my experience with doing that um I do remember playing Ah, uh, I remember playing uh, as like my first like little like arcade game, like one of those box games where we're looking at the screen. It was it was Donkey Kong, 
And for some reason, I thought I was winning at Donkey Kong because <laughs> I thought I was Donkey Kong throwing the barrels oh, at the man yeah. that was trying to climb up and steal my girl when really I was actually <laughs> Mario trying to climb up and not get hit by the barrels. So I'm like, oh, yay, yeah. I'm winning. And my uncle's like, you sure are. <laughs> you sweet, sweet child. <laughs> I had to have been like seven years old. Mr. Steal Your Girl. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't want to get my girl stolen when really I just didn't understand the controls. Like it was one of those moments where I felt like for a while, maybe I was given like the controller that wasn't plugged in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I relate that all the time. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, for those who are listening, if you have any arcade experiences that, that you want to express, you can let us know um, in the comment section on our YouTube video or yeah. even in our SoundCloud. I noticed that we've been getting a lot of folks on our SoundCloud responding to things. So Hi, SoundCloud people. Yeah, I'm like, I was expecting more from like Apple or Spotify, but no, it's SoundCloud. So oh. yeah, I, I'm really liking all the comments I've been seeing thus far. So thank you so much for those who've been following and all that stuff. Yeah. Now that we're getting to the closing parts of our podcast, um, couple things. So we, what's the word I'm looking for? Yes. So I'm sure you guys heard it on the news, but um, fortunately, Jaylani Day, um, who was missing for about a month, has been, his body has been found and identified. And it's very tragic because because of the circumstances that he was a black man who went to college and just never recurred home back to his family. So um, I'm not trying to water down his individual situation. However, it's really heartbreaking to hear more and more of these stories happen um, where it's like a person disappears and then they're tragically found. So. What I'm trying to say around this, um, I do recommend anybody looking at the story is like, if you guys, there is a GoFundMe that is called Find Jelani Day. Uh, they don't have a, a goal to achieve. It, it was actually very, um, how, how the sister set it up was she only put the goal for $1, but got like $25,000 worth of donations. So if you guys are ever feeling, if you're feeling like, you want to donate to their cause for you know whatever that they need to cover for the circumstances of the investigation um the memorial services and whatnot consider supporting the family of jaylani day i'll make sure you can use it especially from the kindness of a stranger would be the most impactful for sure um i don't know if you guys have anything else to say on that um no other than i just i feel like the right the all the I guess empirical analysis that's happened in today's uh, news around sort of race and gender disparities um, for coverage of missing persons. I've, there, there's so much of that out there, but a lot of what they have been getting down to is the fact that when, how uh, the communities also individually as communities respond to when one of us is missing, right? So meaning us as, as, as a community, across our diaspora when someone is missing, how serious we take it um, is is oftentimes related to the correlated to the amplification of news coverage. So that, you know, the more attention, even though this has been sort of a, you know, a, a, a sad situation where someone has now sort of their body has been recovered and this did not go the way that we expected it to, but even still amplifying this out is so important to contribute to 
what might happen the next time that one of us does go missing, whether or not there will be, there's a, there's a two-year-old girl missing right now and with the mother's boyfriend or something suspected of foul play in Mississippi. Obviously we know a, a two-year-old is not missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that those kinds of things where, how do we get that story amplified above others? So yes. Yes, no, I absolutely agree. Like making sure that we're amplifying these stories, um, making sure we're saying their names is very important. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so it doesn't get blanketed under a general like situation is really important. Uh, but yeah, that's just something I wanted to give to everybody's attention. I know that, you know, that completely shifted the mood from talking about arcades to to our community, but it's really important to address these things, I think. Um, but yeah, moving along for Big Move Monday. Um, first of all, <laughs> let's talk about our um, our Christian nerdcore rap artist. Oh my God, our red Christian <laughs> nerdcore hip hop artist. He knows it's all love. We Daddy love extraordinaire. Guy. Daddy extraordinaire, king size the vet. <laughs> king size the vet. Yeah, I guess he, I guess. I suppose. I, mean, I suppose he'd release new music, what? I guess. He's always releasing <laughs> new music. <laughs> yeah, so um, no, so King Size the Vet, I believe, um, definitely released some new goods, which we will link up into the description today or after this episode is published. So I just want to make sure, like, where is this album? I can't where find it. Where is your album, sir? <laughs> on, was it Spotify? It might it's on Spotify. Spotify. It is on Spotify. Yeah, Ultimo Victory. Uh, that's his single that he just recently released. So mm-hmm. if we, if we, we can't really raid a music track, but mm-hmm. go listen to his music. It's good stuff. He mm-hmm. very much so. I really appreciate King Size Vet because he really looks out for those in the nerdcore community and he's always like willing to like chat it up, shoot the shit, make sure we're doing well on all that stuff. Um, and so like, yeah, he's just good people. Um, so yeah, check him out. Also, um, another thing that happened this week is the first anniversary of Nirvana Soul, which is a San Jose local coffee shop um, mm-hmm. owned by Jeronica and Bianca. So happy birthday, Nirvana Soul. Congratulations. I saw that you guys did that block party. Yes, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. I weren't singing happy birthday anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lord, they are killing it. Expanding, got their whole new like roasting room. Bro, I'm, I'm just so proud and pleased that they've had the year that they've had that they've been able to keep expanding because that is rare like most people they tell you when you open a business like don't expect to see profits the first year um you know what i mean and like mm-hmm. on top of just being a black owned business they opened during a pandemic they opened during a pandemic and they well, that's, still that's a lot to celebrate hello they opened during the middle of pandemic when they couldn't even really like have as many people in their space but the quality is so good. People line up around the block for their coffee daily, every and day, their and their waffles. And, waffles. and what gets me <laughs> is the connection to the community. They give so much to their local artists. You know what I mean? They make sure that they're, you want to talk about 
stress relief. That's my happy place. Like literally if I'm having a really rough week, I will go to Nirvana Soul and it will pick me up every time. The color scheme's on point. They know how to treat their customers. Like I I really feel like I'm at home. I go in there, they know me my name. You know I know. What I, mean? They're so I haven't sweet. been there in like a month and I'm sure I'm gonna roll in and Jeronica be like Veronica. Veronica, where have you been? <laughs> where you been at? <laughs> Coffee is a thing too. It's a you know. I mean, it's a if not, it's a community space too. So I love that about coffee and the story of coffee. Like, you know, find out where your beans were procured, and usually their beans are free trade, and so there is so much of that. So I'm like, I, I can't wait to come visit Nirvana Soul. Yeah, it's so good. Like, you know what I mean? the art gallery gets you because you can go upstairs and look around and they rotate their art um out regularly i've connected with so many um awesome amazing beautiful wonderful artists out here through nirvana soul and then also i just like the fact that it really is like home away from home and they they yell at you like if you're upstairs and they miss something on your order they'll be like yo kylie you want whipped cream on this or if you're acting up they'll call you out or if you're acting up they'll call you out Kylie, yeah, stop taking so many selfies up there. Your order's getting cold. Go to work, girl. You're late. <laughs> Keep me on my toes. They yeah. Do. They care. Yeah. And the people that they hire is like, they're so loving. Like the people, like they just, they're they're so loving and they seem like that they're taken care of and all that stuff. So I absolutely love it. I really do. Yeah. But yeah, happy birthday, Nirvana Soul. Um, so last thing, I know that there's something to look out for, Paris. This is your area. Yes, so this Friday, um, or I'm sorry, this Saturday, my apologies, there is a beat battle that will be hosted by Noir Grime um, on the Noir Grime uh, TV Twitch channel. But this beat battle is going to be something special. It's 16 people competing. I am among one of those 16. Um, and we're all sort of, um, this is a very sort of stratified approach. So it's kind of like March madness of the beat battle. So, you know, we all have a, um, um, a bracket and I am battling Beaker in this bracket. So, you know, somebody, I, I just, I just am walking into this, but Beaker is like a full on professional who does this, um, for, you know, for massacres, beats, and does that for a long time. So you've got people like Robo Rob, Damn Celine, who we love, uh, yes. Young Sullivan, Clop and Pop. You've got, I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to be- and Pop soon it. Heck yes. yes. You've got uh, Hack and Slash, Johnny Hack and Slash, who, who we love. Just, it's going to be be filled with, with dopeness. So um, definitely Saturday, Noir Grime TV. Um, also curated by Smugzug. Yes, we awesome. love we love us some Bill Beats. Yes, we love us yes. some Shugzillas. We love yes. us some Shugs. We love us Shugs. We love right. us Shugs. Yes. Yes. And so I I don't know all of the judges yet, but I do know that uh, Noir Grime will be a part of that. So that judging panel. So look out for that. Yes. Yay. All right. So it looks like we're at a close here. Yes. Exciting things to look forward to. Thank mm -hmm. you for listening to Lady Blurred Sings the Blues. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Pods, and our original home, SoundCloud. You can follow mm -hmm. us on Instagram and Facebook at Lady Blurred's Podcast. For questions and suggestions about the show, email us at don'tcastndrive. That's spelled don't cast n drive. And lastly, 
Beat shout outs to The Rap Nerd for our theme, DJ Tayukin and Mark Cooper for the sounds that keep us lifted within our show. Please engage with us, people. Like, we really love to see it. We do. Thank you. We will and find you next time. And the Melvin Man Peebles. Yeah. One day I'll learn how to do the worm. <laughs> I mean, the wave. The, the wave? Ooh. I can't even do it backwards. Like, it's, it's this. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> no. We're still recording. It's the end of the it's episode. Like I'm getting ready Love to do you. Like some wicked like kung fu move or karate or something. But you know when I vote, like everything is like an ankle. Oh, like the Morpheus. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night. Come at me, bro.